Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, The Conscious Maven. Um, This is our third episode and I'm super glad that you've decided to join me in this journey and I'm absolutely grateful for the kind of response that I've gotten over the past few days. So we finally launched last week on Friday. By we, I mean me. <laughs> so I am absolutely grateful for the kind of response that I got and for the kind of feedback that I've gotten and it's it's just incredible to just walk this journey with you so thank you once again so I guess we'll go straight into the third episode today which I decided to call defining moments um so you might think that this is like something um that is absolutely serious and probably theoretical like but I promise you it's none of that as I said at the beginning of this podcast series that this is a culmination of my life stories and the stories of others and what you can get and learn from them so here we go (laughs) so um I think about a week ago I posted an insta story of a picture of my fifth birthday party. <laughs> when I posted the picture of my party, I was like, it just kind of reminded me of what happened that particular year that shaped who I am in well into my adulthood. And I, I called it my life-defining year. And you will not believe it. I know a lot of people are like, is she really serious now? <laughs> She's talking about when she was five years. Who even remembers when they were five years I do. I surprisingly have an incredible memory. I really scare my parents sometimes, <laughs> which is which is super funny. But I remember that very birthday um, because I woke up and so I had hair that had a different texture, probably from what I have right now. I'm not sure if people's textures change over the years, but I feel like mine has changed over the years. And I had a texture that was a bit too much for me. (laughs) And I remember when I woke up that morning, we used to live with a cousin of ours. Um, She was our eldest cousin and she she undid my hair that morning and I just didn't want to go to the salon. I was like, "Mm mm-mm. Not doing this, not doing this today. I was just not in the mood. So if you see the picture itself, you'll notice that that I'm in an afro. And that morning after they undid my hair, I just sprayed water on it and I decided to stay like that. Now, don't confuse this for some afro, uh, afro legalistic kind of thing. And <laughs> because I was not that woke, I'm, I might have been an opinionated kid, but I was not that woke. But I remember when that birthday party was over, I I just told my parents, I want to cut my hair. And of course, my mom was throwing her feet and she was like, no, you can't cut your hair. Who's, who's influencing you to cut your hair? And I remember my brother was told, when you go to school on Monday, you make sure you look at her friends and tell me if any of them has cut her hair. Now, <laughs> my best friend then had actually cut her hair and so when my brother came and mentioned that of course my mother was like "Mm, you become those kids who are quickly influenced by other people right right (laughs) but that i promise you that wasn't the case i think i was just really tired and i remember that haircut (laughs) 
was done by my dad and it went horribly wrong yani i was just like what happened is that my dad started off well so the plan was to trim their hair to like a good level and then surprisingly like something just made me laugh in the middle of that haircut and i turned and the machine just turned with me and just went zip all the way to the bottom what i was so distressed i was like this is not what i had pictured this is not what i had in mind so now you can imagine that we had to go way lower than what we wanted initially and i had a very interesting <laughs> experience that changed my mind about cutting hair and oh by the way i have nothing against ladies who cut their hair i feel like it's your own choice it's your own it's it's stages of life you know probably you wake up one day and you're like you know what i'm tired of this long hair let me just cut it it's all about you by the way for me it's probably a different preference and i remember that very particular um day when my brother my elder brother my dad and i were out and uh we met with a friend of my dad so of course she came said hi they had a conversation and then as she left she turned and she said bye boys <laughs> i still remember those words stinging stinging just like somebody piercing my heart <laughs> she actually said bye boys now you see the thing that made it even worse is that my dad and my brother laughed they laughed so much that day i decided i'm never cutting my hair again can you imagine they really laughed they la- it's it was like the most hilarious thing they ever had and my dad said i told you not to cut your hair <laughs> i still remember that story and i'm like oh god oh god but it did change my mind about cutting hair and up till today i just trim my hair I just i just don't have the courage to cut it and it was a very interesting moment because when i decided i'm not going to cut it remember my birthday was in january right and so the, during the year of course i let it grow and it reached a point where we, i could have it plated and unbraided and all and um one time now come december um uh, my uncle my dad's cousin had a wedding and his wife wanted my brother and I in the lineup as a page boy and as a flower girl and i had no idea that wedding was going to happen anyway so back story my parents who were not working in Kenya then so my mother quickly called my cousin who was living with us at that very moment and told her you know what there's a wedding tomorrow so the kids need to get ready and my cousin came and she's like okay we have to undo this lines that they they they've plated you and i'm like what it's 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 already night time we have no blow dryer in the house there's no salon that's open my aunt is claiming that she's coming for us at 6 in the morning so you can imagine here we are back to the fro on a wedding day i had no other option uh, i couldn't even get my hair washed and straightened properly and i remember that morning when we we, we were picked up at 6 in the morning and we were taken to my auntie's house and i got there and i found this little beautiful flower girls two of them they were sisters I, i i just don't remember their names but i remember their faces and these two sisters had the most amazing 
and sleek hair. What? Their hair was so sleek. It was so amazing. And here I was with my fro. And I was thinking to myself, surely, surely they could have just said this thing a day or two earlier. We could have made my hair sleek too. It wasn't that long, but it could have been sleek, you know? And I feel like I really felt distressed that day, to be honest. For a young child, I'm seeing these beautiful girls right next to me. And this fro is not particularly making me feel pretty that day. And I was feeling so distressed that day. I just couldn't wait for the day to be over. And then worse off, they came and plastered red lipstick on me. Oh, man. I still remember that red lipstick. And I had such a long day, such a long day. And I remember I was so mad. I went, after the day was over, I remember when we got back home and my uncle, because we used to live with, a, with an uncle of mine who was sick then, so he was staying with us while he was receiving treatment. And he asked me, how was the wedding? And I said, it was the worst day of my life. <laughs> I know, a bit hyperbolic, but yeah. And I remember going to, you remember those days, there were no cell phones, so there were just the landlines. And I remember calling my mother and I said, mom, never ever volunteer me for a wedding again i was five years but i knew what i wanted in life <laughs> and that was one of those things i was so mad and she's asking me explain to me what happened and i said mom i felt so ugly i felt so ugly in that crowd of kids and my mom was not you know my brother's not understanding him is okay you know boys just like okay but me i was not happy about it i was really not happy and i remember telling my mother never ever volunteer me for another wedding again now this is the funniest thing uh i think i thought about this last year about this whole thing unfortunately my uncle died last year and so when they made the funeral program the last page they put a picture of his wedding and there was i at the front of that crowd with my brother and those two beautiful girls and it just brought back those memories and i was like oh goodness is this is this what this is how i it's even, it even looks worse than i thought <laughs> but i know that this particular event like really affected how i looked at various things as I went on with life. Uh, I think one of the things that it really scarred me was th the red lipstick. Do you know I hated red lipstick? Actually hated lipstick. I hated makeup for a long chunk of my life. In fact, I bought my first lipstick uh, when I was 24. And I have no idea why I picked that lipstick. I remember we were shopping with a couple of friends we were in India for a wedding and we were shopping with a couple of friends for saris and everything. And then we got into this beauty store and I saw this Maybelline um, spicy red. And I said, you know what? Maybe it's time I broke off that whole mentality. Let me just buy this. It's the only form of makeup I'll apply. And, and the day that I applied that makeup, I remember a friend of mine saying, you know what? You really look good in that. Yeah, thanks, JK, for giving me confidence. I'm really grateful. <laughs> really grateful. But that was my first piece of, of, of makeup, if I can call, call it that. And till today, I still have a love-hate relationship with makeup. Once in a while, I'll do it. And I'll do it as subtle as I can. 
and I think I was doing it a bit because I had a lot of um hyperpigmentation and which which I figured out a different way of getting rid of it and so for me I think the only times I applied makeup were when it was necessary or when I needed a confidence boost but I still have like that love-hate relationship with makeup and um the other thing that I remember very well was the hair you know when I saw that sleek amazing hair I think it's influenced me how I keep my hair till today if you notice if any of you know knows me you know that my hair is always slate and that's how I love to keep it I I'm I'm not sure if by choice I would go into the whole naturalista look mm, it's not for me it's like everyone has a preference and has a choice and for me that's definitely not for me I'm like mm, I also don't have the patience that's that's another thing I like you know like the way I keep on saying quick meals for lazy cooks yeah same thing with the hair but one other thing I remember I realized is that the day that I made that decision and I said, you know, mom, I never ever volunteer me for another wedding. It kind of gave me a sort of independence in terms of decision making, which I'm glad my mom gave me that option. And she still does till today. Actually, I realized that when people tell me, oh, my mother doesn't give me an option. I'm usually like my mother gives me an option. Like for sure, when it comes to decisions, she gives me an option. And my dad too, like I can negotiate my way out of things. And one of the things that I respected and I loved my mother for was that from that very day, my mother never ever volunteered me for another wedding. People would ask and should say no. People would ask and should say no. And there are a lot of people who ask relatives, half friends, and should say no, my child is not going to be part of that. And I respected that from the age of five, I was never forced into a wedding. I was never forced into those drabby dresses. I'm sorry. And and all. And I respected that my mom respected my opinion as a five-year-old. And it actually goes to parents. Sometimes just listen to your kids. They have things they want to say. And they there are choices they want to make. And they are life or death choices. You just don't need to enforce them on them for just for the sake of stamping your foot as a parent and I'm glad my parents did that for me because it gave me the confidence to make my own decisions and I will tell you later in other stories of decisions I made as a kid and I look back and I'm like did my parents really let me do that <laughs> I know I know um but I'm grateful for that you know parents are not always perfect but there are things they do that are impactful and that that for me was one of them and so fast forward I was in my first lineup at 26 I know 21 years later and this particular time I felt like I was in control of things you know it was liberating to actually get asked by a friend hey I would really love you to be in my bridal team and I was like yeah you know it's my choice, actually. <laughs> right now, it's my choice. And yes, I will do it. And you know, God has a sense of humor because I wasn't in a lineup for 21 years. And then all of a sudden, when I'm 26, I'm in three consecutive lineups in October, November, December. I was like, wow, God. Wow. You clearly have a sense of humor. It's like, yeah, just make up for those years you've been refusing to be 
to be in people's lineups. Those wed those three weddings in a row. Whew. My goodness. That work is not easy by the way. People see the the dresses, the glam, the photos, but whew, it is a lot of work. Shout out to people who are 21 <laughs> bridesmaids. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so uh so one of those things th that's one of the things that i realized like when i was now becoming a bridesmaid i was like you know it's it's actually really good that i'm able to make this choice on my own because now i can be able to say yes or no if you are incredibly an incredibly f good friend of mine i'll say yeah if we barely know each other i'll be like mm, i don't know but yeah it's just one of those things and I'm, I'm now open, open. I'm really open, by the way. My friends, if you're getting married, I'm really open now. If you're not stressful, <laughs> if you're not bridezilla, whew. Yeah, uh, that's one other thing. Uh, but one of the things that I really learned from this particular story is that I also learned how to connect with my inner child. So there are things you cannot be able to solve in your in your life. There are things you cannot be able to to understand and just intric in, intricately look at yourself and just figure out how what how did I get here? Why do I behave the way I behave? Why do I see things from the lens that I see things from? And most of these things that we are actually facing in our adulthood as a, are as a result of the things that we faced when we were kids. They're just like manifestations of our childhoods. They are manifestations of the kind of environments we grew up in, the kind of schools we went to, the kind of values that were instilled in us. And so those small things are the ones that shape who you are as an adult. And you have to be able to learn how to either grow from that or continue growing into that. If it's something positive, I mean, just take it and run with it. But if it's something negative, you have to ask yourself, do I need to carry this burden on my shoulders for the rest of my life? Can I be able to live in a way that I can be able to recognize my inner child and say, you know what, this part of me, I do not want. I had a conversation with my mother, uh, probably sometime this year and we had a very strange conversation <laughs> and i remember telling her you know what mom sometimes the things that you guys taught us and we respect your ability to parent especially without a clear blueprint because both my parents come from very different backgrounds and without a clear blueprint of a two-parent home and understanding how to be able to parent three kids on your own it's a big deal for sure, but there are things that you learn from home that you have to unlearn as you become an adult because it's not everything that you learn that is necessary or is good or because there are things, you know, you know, the way they say um, children do as you do and they don't do as you say. It's the whole thing. You know, you could be told don't do this or do this, but you see somebody doing something different and you're like, well, I want to do whatever they're doing too, you know? And it's, it's some of those things as you become an adult, you have to keep unlearning some, some things. You have to keep relearning some things, but you have to keep unlearning some things. You take the positives and you throw away the negatives because it's no perfect family at the end of the day, right? We all come from different backgrounds, different families, different values, and we learn things that, that our first 
learning point is always from home before we go to school. And so one of the things that I learned is that I have to unlearn some things that I don't think are helpful. They're not helpful. They're not positive and they're definitely not um, life-changing in a positive way. And so that is one of the things that I learned from this. You have to be able to understand yourself in such a deep way. Do a reflection of who you are and, and just search yourself in ways that you have never done. So there are things I look at in my life and I say, I I can now kind of pinpoint where that, where that came from, right? I can now be able to pinpoint where this particular habit came from. Or I can be able to pinpoint where this certain thought process came from. And there are certain thought processes that are extremely good. And there are some that are not extremely amazing. <laughs> and you you learn from them. Like, for example, there are people who don't understand. Uh, like, they're, they're, I've met people who didn't understand. And I'm glad that it's something that is, cha- that is changing. That I, I grew up in a house where... My elder brother <laughs> had more of a passion for cooking than me. I started cooking when I was about 20, what, 22. Uh, I, I just wasn't bothered at all. Like, I really wasn't bothered at all. And my mom had always tried to make us do these things. We we didn't quite do a lot at home, to be honest. Uh, we, we always had house helps, uh, amazing people who helped us around their home because my mom's, until today, at her age, she's still a working mother. So she doesn't believe in this whole thing of working and then coming home to work again and, and cook and clean. And she's like, no, 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 no. At the end of the day, you're, you're human. You also have to kind of have time to rest, right? And that's why you employ somebody to help do these things and manage the house so that you can be able to rest as you come home. But my brother was, was able to cook way better than me from an early age. My brother started cooking when he was about 10 10 11 he was baking cakes he was doing he bought the first the first cookbook we had in in the house you know when you'd go for those runs at the book bookstore like textbook center and me i'm busy picking storybooks and and school books i remember him adding that cookbook and my dad was like "Mm, okay and we still have that cookbook till today in my mother's house but he had those he had an interest before I did. And some people find it very strange. They're like, but you're the girl. And I'm like, of course now I know how to cook. And I'm a very good cook. I won't even lie to you. I love how to cook, but my brother cooks better than me. For sure. No matter how good I am, my brother cooks better for than me. And that I give him props for every time. I'm like, um, I might not give you a lot of compliments because we are siblings. <laughs> but I love how you cook. And so it's just one, some of those things that people have to un- uh, uh, unlearn, like misogyny. I mean, the 21st century, just because you see, you saw your dad doing it doesn't mean that it's right. doesn't mean that it's applicable in this day and age. So you don't need to carry those things with you. And yeah, so basically that's exactly, this. that's the thought process that I had for this particular podcast, just to be able to show you that. We are as a result of the things that we've gone through and we need to be able to look at ourselves in a deeper way to be able to understand what do we carry on for the rest of our lives and what do we leave behind because it doesn't serve our purpose at the end of the day. 
So I'm very glad that you were able to listen to my podcast today. Shout out to everyone who's been able to even favorite it. I was like, oh, wow, people favorite podcasts. This is incredible. But shout out for the to the ones who've been able to just, yeah, support me. I, like that support gives me a lot of motivation just to keep channeling content and and share my stories with the world and and be able to um to share a bit of me with you that is that, that's the whole premise of this thing yeah so i'm going to see you next time on the fourth episode yeah thanks for tuning in see ya